this is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm your host, Dakota Arsenault, and today's episode is presented by Aesthetic Magazine. Today we're doing another make-remake pairing looking at L'Appartement in Wicker Park. In 1996, Gilles Mimouni wrote and directed L'Appartement, or The Apartment, about a man named Max who is planning on proposing to his girlfriend after taking a business trip to Asia. Before he leaves, he thinks he sees his previous girlfriend, Lisa, who disappeared from his life suddenly and without explanation after he asked her to move in with him. He is compelled to follow her and find the truth about why she left him. Instead, due to a case of mistaken identity, it turns out to be a woman also named Lisa, who has more in common with his ex than just a few coincidences. The film takes some twists and turns about love at first sight and when passion turns into something more sinister. The film stars Vincent Cassell as Max, Monica Bellucci as Lisa, Romain Boringer as the other Lisa, and Jean-Philippe Ecoffe as Max's best friend and confidant Lucien. In 2004, Paul McGugan remade the film with Josh Hartnett playing Matthew, the new lead character, Diane Kruger as Lisa, Rose Byrne as the other Lisa, and Matthew Lillard as Luke, the best friend character. On Make Remake, we aren't here to talk about what movie is better, but more so to dissect the two films with the same plot and discuss how they're similarly and differently telling a story. Today's discussion will include spoilers, so if you haven't seen these movies but plan to, you've been warned. With all that said, I'm happy to have back Stephanie Pryor. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, these Make Remakes are always so much fun to do mm -hmm, with you. Yeah. Now, what exactly is your relationship with these movies? I had never seen either of them before, but uh, I figure I might as well ask you. Right, right. Well, I remember back as a 14-year-old, uh, thoroughly enjoying this movie. My sister owned it and rewatched re it several times, so I was very familiar with this one, although it has been since my teens, since I've seen it, so quite a while, if uh, close to 10 years, I would say. And uh, and I didn't even know that it was a remake at the time. So I was very intrigued to find out that there was an original and wanted to watch it and see the uh, similarities and the differences and, and like where it came from. It's because Josh Hartnett was such a heartthrob, right? Oh, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I didn't know this was a, a remake either. I, I only remember when Wicker Park, Wicker Park came out in 2004. Um, I saw commercials. I remember seeing the poster and seeing it around in Blockbuster and things like that. I didn't know it was a remake either. Um, it turns out actually both of these movies are loosely based on A Midsummer Night's Dream, so really we could have paired this with any hmm. one version of that. Um, but looks like uh, The Apartment was not a, a huge international film, despite the fact that it stars some, some pretty big names today that we know, Cassell and Bellucci being uh, chief among them. Um, but uh, I find it most interesting that this director, uh, Gilles Mumani, Mumani uh, wrote and directed The Apartment, was credited as the creator for Wicker Park, was credited as uh, the inspiration behind the Postal Service doing a music video for the Wicker Park soundtrack, and did a TV movie and hasn't done anything since. And he basically just dropped off the face of the earth as far as the entertainment industry goes. And that's really interesting because it looks like both of these movies are, are held in you know a decent amount regard as far as the uh, romantic thriller. I guess that's a genre, right? Yeah, yeah. A romantic sure. thriller. I can't even think of what other movies would qualify as that. I'm sure there are something. Yeah. 
sounds like something Hitchcock would make, a romantic thriller. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk about some similarities and differences. Did you, I guess before we start, did you like these movies? I know you said you'd seen Wicker Park before, but did you like them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, originally when I saw Wicker Park, as I mentioned before, I thoroughly enjoyed it and was a big fan of it. Um, rewatching it um, now, you know, it doesn't hold up as well as I remember it, but I still did enjoy it. Um, and I really liked the apartment as well. Uh, there was a few differences that, because I had seen Wicker Park before, I was kind of held to that, you know, well, mm-hmm. that's not how it's supposed to be done mm-hmm. kind of scenario, but I still appreciated it. And I think that there were some things that were done uh, better and some things that were done a little worse. So I think it's an interesting comparison. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about it later, yeah. but uh, I found the apartment to be a little bit more confusing. I don't know mm. if it's because I, I'm pretty good with foreign language films, but I don't know if it's because a lot of this movie can be very subtle at times and I maybe missed a few clues to the explanations while I was trying to read the subtitles and the right. subtitles weren't exactly showing everything. Um, but they, they these movies were pretty close. So some similarities we're going to talk about right now is... Pretty much for most of the early films, both of these are like Wicker Park is almost a shot for shot remake. Yeah. Uh, although the the one I think key difference being that is Wicker Park is far more stylized. There's it is. lots of overlays and fades. It seems like it's a good way to do a montage to condense time. I think it also did a bit of a better job of showing that not everything is connected, taking place in the same location by fading in and out. Yeah. And I also liked how they would show, how it kind of shows like different point of views of one scene that's happening, but kind of looking at it from two different angles side by side and Mm -hmm. seeing like everything that's going on from two different characters' eyes and like viewpoints. And that also adds to the kind of like confusion, but still clears it up for the viewer more. Mm -hmm, It mm -hmm. creates more of a chaotic feel, but it still, it, um, helps you understand better what's going on. And this was something that we both sort of noted was both these movies really seem to be a product of the era that they were made mm-hmm. uh, with The Apartment being so much of a, of a 90s film. What was it? We were watching near the beginning and, and you specifically said, oh, this feels like a 90s movie. Just the opening credits. Uh, it just felt like a 90s film. And I think it was also this uh, Wicker Park also felt like a very 2000s film just because of the opening credits. It's just a feel that you know, you can kind of pinpoint when you're watching, but um, it's uh, it's lost me right now for why I felt that way for the apartment, but for Wicker Park, it's, you know, it's the Chicago-like montage of cityscapes and crossing over mm-hmm. and busy streets and people walking down streets and just those, like, cross cuts, and that just felt so 2000s with the, the music overlay and the tone of it, so. But it was interesting how eerily similar a lot of these shots were you know the the whole opening sequence takes place at a restaurant and they're basically designed to look identical yeah which is very odd including both of them having a telephone that is connected to the main restaurant off by the bathrooms which was a little funny to see that they could just sort of patch in the line when a customer gets a call because it's too noisy in the restaurant or something, which is a very odd thing. I guess it's very much a a thing of the past when you call a restaurant and and be like, I want to talk to someone that's in the restaurant (laughs) instead of just calling their cell phone. Well, yeah, they used to have those booths just outside of like a restaurant or a bar where you could just go and sit into the telephone booth and make your call. Yeah, that's true. It kind of felt like an old-timey thing, but 
it still made sense to me. Now we've we've done a few of these make remakes, and mm -hmm. I don't think any of them have seemed so identical yeah. at certain points. Yeah, I mean, some like the script was almost word for word in some scenes too, which mm -hmm. is very funny. And we watched these movies uh, back to back days, so it was still very fresh in our minds. Um, the apartment versus R Wicker Park when we were watching it, so we could find those similarities that you might not pick up on if you were watching it separately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder if some of it, it seemed like the biggest differences just had to be translations of the mm -hmm. words. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're reading uh, an English translation of a French movie, which means that there's going to be some... Um, not biases involved, but like uh, some interpretation involved of, of what the exact sentence is, of what the intention is. And then you have a whole script where they might have actually been looking at the original and had more of a faithful adaptation. I don't even know. Like there, it, maybe, maybe Wicker Park's dialogue differences are, are more similar than we think. We just only noticed differences because we went from reading it to seeing, right. to hearing it slightly differently. Potentially, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so now this next point, it's going to get a little bit confusing. Um, Alex and Alice are the same character who, for spoiler alert, is Other Lisa. So every time I say Other Lisa, it actually refers to uh, Alice in the apartment and Alex in Wicker Park. Um, so the same information is used by Alex and Alice. Uh, as they fall in love with Matt and Max at first sight. And she does her best to interfere with their relationship by hiding letters and not communicating that Lisa is going away from work. This information is presented at different times over the movie. And I think this was something that I really noticed where you're watching Wicker Park and it seemed like halfway through the movie we were getting information, backstory about Lisa and Alex's friendship that we didn't get until the end of the apartment. Um, and this was something that maybe because I just watched the original, it made me feel like we were being cheated out of a bit more of a surprise ending because of that. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I mean, I think there's pros and cons to it. For the apartment, if you're kind of left in the haze and it's a little bit more confusing to connect the backstory and the reasoning and rationale between what Alice is doing it all becomes clear close to the end when everything is revealed but uh, for Wicker Park I feel like Alex's character plays much more of a central character where you're it's kind of two storylines together you're getting Matt's as well as Alice's story and you're getting both um, backstories in their backflashes and uh the Lisa character is kind of just happens to be a supporting character in both of their storylines. So I feel like Wicker Park plays is more of a two person lead story, whereas the apartment really is more kind of Max mm -hmm. and it's his story. And these other characters are dancing in and out of his, his, his story, his backflashes, everything that's happening. And it's a little bit more unclear as to who everybody is and how they all fit into that story. I think that's really interesting. That's something I, I, I didn't, really formulated in my head but yeah in in the apartment it, it really is a first person story being told mm -hmm. uh and it's 
the reveal happens because he is learning more. Right. Whereas Wicker Park is more, you've got different the different characters and all of their information is being presented because otherwise you're getting these scenes of these characters where you just have zero context yeah. and, you, and you wouldn't really understand why they're there, what their backstory is without actually providing it. Yeah, so I feel like the apartment is more of uh, you, you're you putting yourself in um, Max's role his character you're viewing it and everything's happening like in time with his storyline where there's a little bit more I guess voyeurism with uh, Wicker Park and you're kind of looking into both actually kind of all four characters lives at the same time and you're in on the story you know what's happening and you're kind of following as along as it goes and you can see where it's going instead of it being more of a suspense Mm -hmm. yeah I I agree that's a that's a really good point Mm -hmm. thank you um I think one of the other big things, uh, a similarity, is that uh, Max and Matt, early on in the movie, right before he is about to go on his trip to Asia, he is given a sleeping pill by his girlfriend because he apparently hates flying. Uh, And this is where he then ends up thinking he sees Lisa and finds her hotel room key and goes to the hotel room. And uh, she's not there. And he ends up falling asleep on her bed and uh and then wakes up the next morning when the hotel room is trying to be entered by the hotel staff and then while he's sleeping he actually has his first flash flashback hallucination where we actually learn who lisa is because up until this point we really don't know much of who this person is and so we get to see how they fell in love how they sorry how they first met by him stalking her and then uh, how they fell in love and began a relationship and all this sort of stuff. And you get like this real big cursory information where it's sort of the happiness of that. And then later on, uh, there, when he breaks into what he thinks is Lisa's apartment and he ends up meeting other Lisa, um, they ended up hanging out and drinking and he gets drunk and falls asleep and ends up having a second flashback slash hallucination and so it seems like his flashbacks are mostly substance-based being triggered by actually being in his former lover's presence uh, which is something sort of interesting it's not just your typical flashback sequence it seems like there's actual rationale behind why he's having these dreams yeah it's kind of a it makes it a little bit more um integral to the story and like why these flashbacks are happening for him rather than in the apartment, these flashbacks are happening to, to for, the, for the story and to let the audience, the viewer, into the story, where I feel like in Wicker Park, the flashbacks happen more as like a storyline, not just to move the story forward. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, it absolutely does make sense. Um, and it's it's I think it does a really good job explaining it better in Wicker Park because... In, in the apartment, he's wandering around her hotel room, uh, and it looks like she was just there recently that she had left on a tap or something, and so he thinks that Lisa's in the hotel room, uh, but it turns out she's not. And then he like sits down on the bed and then falls asleep, and then this whole flashback goes through, and then he wakes up later, and you're just like, wait, why did he fall asleep in our apartment? Yeah, it you're like, why no did sense. he stay? <laughs> it, was, it was very weird, and it was definitely kind of a creepy move. Whereas in Wicker Park, uh, he goes into the apartment, the hotel, sorry, sees that she left the faucet on, 
and then all of a sudden he starts to get a little dizzy and he sits down on the bed and then you he get an an insert of um his girlfriend saying here take this pill so you can sleep on the plane and then you see him sort of pass out on his back and so it, it makes sense that uh it sort of puts it in context of why he fell asleep in the first movie that isn't quite explained. So I, yeah. it's probably if you're, if you're maybe watching this movie a few times, it might be something you clue in on, but just on, on first watching, it didn't really make sense. It just was kind of weird that he fell asleep in it. Yeah. I think also in the first, in the apartment, um, he's like under the covers and he wakes up and he's like kind of all huddled in, like he got into bed as, like, with the purpose of falling asleep. Um, Whereas in Wicker Park, like he's just lying on top of the sheets and like wakes up from his stupor kind of thing. Yeah, and they and they seem to redo that under the sheet sequence when he wakes up in uh, other Lisa's uh, apartment where he kind of pulls the sheet from over his head. Mm-hmm. Whereas they, that's the shot from the apartment in the hotel. Right. Yeah. I feel like I'm saying a lot of the same things: the apartment, hotel, hotel, other apartments. Yeah. So it's a little confusing <laughs> well, at times. Double talk. Yeah. Double speak. Um, are there any other key similarities you, you kind of want to talk about? Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities between these movies, between uh, sets, script, uh, character development. But I think that they're with all their similarities, there actually are kind of more key differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about those differences. Previously, we talked about the similarities between uh, The Apartment and Wicker Park, and now we're going to talk about some differences, because as much as this movie seems very similar early on, it really diverges later on. Uh, And for me, something I I kind of noticed actually early on is uh, Max in The Apartment is shown stalking Lisa all the way to her apartment building and her dance studio. the, The movie makes him he sees her suddenly because he works at this camera repair shop and he sees her on screen and and this is the same in both movies and then he sees her in the window and he starts following her and he sees her at the dance studio he follows her home and she almost catches him so he runs to a building across the way and he watches her go up the stairs so he's following her going up the stairs and there's glass windows on either apartment building stairwells and so he sees her going up and up and up and all the way to the penthouse floor and so he knows exactly what apartment building she lives in which is a, a key moment later on when he when he's following her that is useful information whereas in this in wicker park they basically cut out that whole apartment stalking sequence and basically once again he sees her in the video of the camera that he's fixing then he sees her outside of a shop and then follows her to a dance studio and that's that both of them finally meet each other uh when he goes to his best friend's shoe shop and she sees 
him and goes in and that's where they have their first conversation. But I think a key difference in character development is not showing the additional stalking for me, which was, I think, a pretty big thing for me. Was it something that you felt impacted the way the character is depicted? Um, I can see what you mean and I can see how like he, could pre- he was definitely perceived as kind of more of a creepy character following her like everywhere she went in the apartment but I still think he's creepy to follow like to just see someone on the street follow them to wherever they're going and like to watch them do a dance class I don't know I think that's weird and <laughs> it's like would you do that no I, I wouldn't <laughs> do that no of course not uh, I'd be like, oh, wow, what a beautiful woman. Oh, goodbye. I'll yeah, never see you'd you again. be like, oh, that's too bad. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I guess for me, is it just, I think they, in in the apartment, they sort of play up the for the first half of the movie that uh, Max is the more unstable character mm-hmm. and the one that's a little more creepy in, in stalking people and goes after what he wants and it later is revealed that there's a bit of a, a twist to it with uh, a, a different character. I don't want to reveal everything about these movies. Um, whereas Matt seems to be more of a hopeless romantic. Maybe right. it's just yeah. the quality of, of acting. You know, anytime you see Vincent Cassell in the movie, he usually plays kind of a weird dude, a little bit more sinister, angry, things like that. Whereas Josh Hartnett, for the most part, is the heartthrob, sexy male right. lead. Yeah. And so maybe it's just a... Perception. Char- yeah, thing. perception, character limitations. Maybe they shot it like that and deemed that it was unimportant to have both um, and that you still get the same feeling. I just feel that maybe Wicker Park will want it to be more romance than thriller, whereas that. the apartment is more yeah. thriller than romance. Yep, yeah. So I agree. For me, that, that, that's just one of the big things for me. Mm. Uh, I think another big difference is when uh, Matt and Max break into what they think is Lisa's apartment building uh, and they're snooping around and they notice the perfume and this is obviously his ex-girlfriend's apartment and then all of a sudden uh, a woman enters and it is not Lisa, it is actually other Lisa who we later learn is uh, Alex or Alice um and in the apartment she is about to commit suicide she stands on the ledge of her windowsill because she's having a whole lot of traumatic events happening to her uh and just is ready to throw it all in and right before she's about to jump uh max saves her and there's a bit of a, a tussle where she gets very aggressive with him and um threatens to call the cops and all this sort of stuff and they eventually end up clearing things up a little bit whereas in wicker park she comes in she goes to the window and just stands there and matt just walks up to her and goes hi lisa and that's where then the the sort of freak out temperament happens and i and the reason why i say i think this makes a key difference like it's a very small moment but when he ends up sleeping with her it makes more sense to me in the apartment because she had just gone through this very troubling day and was about to commit suicide. And so she's having a traumatic event and her headspace is in the right spot and ends up sleeping with a man who just broke into her apartment thinking it was a different woman's apartment. Whereas in Wicker Park, it seems a little less believable why she decides to sleep with him that night. Right. And here's where I think that it works against 
her for that in the apartment because later on when Max is talking to Lucian, his friend, about this girl, this other Lisa, um, they start calling her a nut and a nutter. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm like, why is she a nut? Like she was almost committed suicide and then he saved her and then they got to talking and then, you know, whatever. Man meets meets woman, the rest is history kind of thing. (laughs) that like doesn't seem crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So why they're calling her a nutter seems kind of weird. But then in Wicker Park, um, he breaks into her apartment and all of a sudden they clear the air, but she's like, oh, you have, I want you to stay. And like he himself says, but you don't even know me. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I'm scared. I, w- I want someone to be here. And then all of a sudden he wakes up in the middle of the night and asks what she's doing. She's like, I'm just watching you sleep. <laughs> That's creepy. Yes. That's a nutter. So when they're like talking about her later, when um, Matt and his friend Luke are talking about this other Lisa, and they're like, wow, what a psycho. That makes sense to me because mm-hmm. she does seem crazy. That seems weird. There is no logic behind her wanting to sleep with this random stranger that happened to break into her apartment. Yeah. No, you know what? That actually makes total sense. That's not something I really I really consider, but that, that really does add some interesting character development later on. So it's interesting how it works. The first sequence works better for the apartment, but the long run works a little bit better right. for Wicker Park yeah. for the explanation. Uh, and then... The reason for uh, Alice, oh sorry, Alex not feeling safe and wanting company is that there's this other storyline um, that we get introduced at the very beginning that um, Matt and Max overhears uh, a phone, the phone conversation about this man named Daniel who apparently uh, may or may not have killed his wife in order to be with Lisa. And so they think, that this is what's happening and this is actually how uh, the guys find Lisa's apartment because he goes to uh, this funeral of Daniel's wife and I know this is probably getting really confusing explaining all these plot points right now Um, but the point is that uh, Lisa thinks that Daniel is after him this is why she ends up checking into a hotel and then eventually staying at her friend's house and so when uh, other Lisa is pretending to be Lisa, she knows the storyline, obviously. And she says, I'm worried that Daniel might come after me. And so that's why she convinces uh, Matt to stay with him that night. And we see, you know, a little bit that this guy is also even more unstable than basically anyone else. At one point, he's standing across the street and sees a man and a woman in Lisa's apartment thinking this is real Lisa and decides that something must be done. And at the end of the apartment, super big spoiler alert, he blows up Lisa and himself thinking she was with another man. Whereas in Wicker Park, all the same elements are there, but the character is just completely dropped off and we don't see or hear or find out anything more about that story. It just goes, I'm scared of Daniel. And that's the last we hear about this story. Yeah, we're led to believe that, especially based off the apartment, if you'd seen it in Wicker Park, you're led to believe that this guy is dangerous, that he, you know, killed his wife, that he's obsessed with her. So it's kind of weird that he would see through a curtain, a shadow of a man and a woman, assume it's Lisa and a new man and be like, oh, well, I guess that's it. I'll just give it up. Mm-hmm. Like that just seems really random and weird that he would just drop it at that point. And if and if that is supposedly what happens, it doesn't take long to, you know, uh, 
show that in some way that maybe he sends another letter or something like that yeah that says i saw you're with someone else i guess i wasn't the one meant for you have a good life or something like yeah like, i don't a, know something stupid like that i think in both cases it doesn't really work because if this guy is so obsessed and like he wants to be with her and he killed his wife to be with her why is he returning her key as per her request like she has to keep phoning him and be like stop talking to me i don't want to see you anymore so he goes to her apartment to drop off the key and leave a note saying i want to see you even if it's just for one last time like that doesn't seem like he's obsessed that just seems like he's like love torn and uh, he lost kind mm-hmm. of thing that doesn't bring this kind of urgency to find a hotel room to go to your friend's house to stay to invite a stranger to stay to w- with you overnight because you're worried this guy's gonna come for you like i don't know i think in both cases that that storyline and that character could have been developed and handled differently to just make it seem a little bit more realistic mm-hmm. yeah i think i think this character of daniel was introduced to add more of a thriller element yeah and both times it sort of gets a little half-baked where they they start with this you know murder plot and then don't do anything to really further it and decide for both films really that the focus is more on the romance and not so much the thriller aspect right where they could have made it so much more thrillery by having him continually stalking Lisa and, and figuring out what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. But neither one really does a lot with the character. And in fact, he's pretty minor. But the fact is, they make such a big deal of him at the beginning. It's weird that the way... He's just dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially in, in Wicker Park. Mm-hmm. That is is completely unsatisfying that we're just supposed to forget about him completely. Yeah. Um, the I guess also the one of the other big differences is how everyone ends up with everyone at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you kind of want to explain that a bit. Yeah. So again, major spoiler territory. But in the apartment, it seems the air is cleared. We find out who Alice really is and and why she's pretending to be Lisa, and uh, she confronts Max and saying that she's loved him this whole time and that's why she's been you know trying to keep real Lisa and him apart and she's sorry but she's going away and she'll leave them all alone so now Max has this opportunity to finally go back to real Lisa and I guess break it off with his girlfriend to be fiance Mm -hmm. um and that's what you would assume he does but in the apartment he decides that he doesn't want his fiance. He doesn't want Lisa, who he's been chasing for the last four days. He's flattered that Alice has loved him this long and has fought so hard for him that he decides he wants to be with her. So he finds her in the airport and decides to to be with her, tells her that he wants to be with her. And she says that she's going to go get her luggage. So when she goes, she actually, it seems to me that she's just still going off on her own, on her own, she decides she doesn't want to be with him, or her work there is done, and is going to leave. And while he's at the airport waiting for Alice, he runs into his girl, current girlfriend, who's there to pick him up from his trip. And you're you see them embrace and, and kind of talk behind the glass, and then he sees Alice behind the glass getting onto the plane or into the terminal anyway, mm-hmm. and it's kind of left up in the air like 
oh, okay, I guess we're splitting ways. These last four days no one's happy, happened. Really, no know? one's happy. Let's just go on with our lives. On top of Lisa being dead. Right. And that's right. And Lisa dies, of course, which nobody finds out about, yeah. apparently, <laughs> in this one. But in Wicker Park, a much more true Hollywood, Hollywood format, uh, leading man, leading lady end up together. So Alice confronts uh matt says that she's loved him this whole time and she's been keeping them apart but this is where she'll be and so he goes and tries to find her and when he's at the airport again his current girlfriend slash soon to be fiance is there to pick him up he tells her that he's still in love with his ex-girlfriend and wants to be with her so she leaves unhappy and they lisa and matt finally find each other within the airport and roll credit happily ever after yeah <laughs> yeah, there's a pretty big difference of, of how it goes. And, and I think the key word that you use there is the Hollywood ending where, you know, it's it seems very typical European cinema of and everyone is unhappy in the end. Mm -hmm. And whereas the Hollywood one is some people are happy, <laughs> at least the main And the ones you happy. care about are happy. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you think about it, uh, poor, um, poor Luke is left brokenhearted. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, he has nothing. And, uh, and then, of course, there's the original girlfriend, soon to be fiance, who is now basically not quite left at the altar, but close enough yeah. to use the cliche term of that. And then, of course, um, there is Alex and Alice who decide that they are no good to anyone and goes off on their own. Yeah. And who knows what happens with that. She, at least in the apartment, is already shown to have suicidal tendencies once. So... I don't think it's far-fetched to assume that is probably her fate down the line as well. I uh, don't really know what would happen with Alex because we don't really have that information other than the fact that she just goes away. Yeah, she leaves everybody upset. <laughs> and I think the, the last difference I want to talk about is maybe the way uh, they portray the characters mm. uh, passing time. Uh, because this movie exists in two planes. It's a present day and then two years earlier. In the apartment, two years earlier, you have um, Max, who has a ponytail. Curly-haired ponytail. Curly-haired ponytail. Uh, and then in the present, he has a nice, clean, short cut mm -hmm. that makes him very businessman-like. And then you have... Lisa, who goes from having a very short bob to long very flowing long hair, hair. Yep. very long. You noted that how could she grow her hair out that long in two years? Mm -hmm. uh, and then there is um, Alice, <laughs> who has the worst wig of all time that looks like she got stuck under a static blow dryer of very short hair. It's all sticking up and yeah, frizzy and crazy. Yeah, it's a bizarre choice. And then in the present day, she has equally long flowing dark hair mm -hmm. um so that's why she looks quite a bit like lisa which is where the confusion happens uh, um it's just hilarious that within two years they seem to go from like uh the late 80s to the late 90s except his friend lucian who is exactly the same <laughs> he did yeah because clearly he didn't change it all in two yeah. years no <laughs> um and then the differences between um wicker park is uh um, Matt basically wears a beanie. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of more, it's more clothing choices, I yeah. think, that, that show the passing of time because their hair is very similar and it's only slightly different. But, you know, he's, instead of being this, like, fresh out of college 
dude who's working in a video store. He now is in a business suit and he's got a job and he's flying off to China to make business deals. And, um, but you know, his friend Luke is very much the same. He's still working at the shoe shop and he's mm-hmm. wearing his graphic tees with a blazer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a very weird shoe shop attire, but, um, and the girls, of course, are only slightly different. Well, Alex's hair looks different in the flashbacks. Yeah, she wears it a little... She kind of has a similar ugly wig. Like, yeah, like... I feel like the Alice Alex character is supposed to be this frumpy, um, self... Um, not self... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, they're not very confident. Mm-hmm. And, um, self-conscious. Self-conscious, thank you. Uh, so, you know, that's why she didn't have the courage to go up to Matt slash Max in the first place and why nobody would ever notice her because she's kind of this, like, wallflower, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but and something then, that really is is pointed out uh, when Lisa tells her that she needs to put on a performance for yeah, herself. Yeah. She wants to be an actress. Right. So I feel like in the flashbacks or the two years prior scenes, you know, that's why she's unnoticed and that you can really tell that she was a different person then but now that time has passed and like she's done these things and now her lies are coming to catch up to her she has to be more aggressive and you know she holds herself a little bit differently and she's put more put together because she's had also time apart from her, this infatuation mm-hmm. with Mac, matt and max because they've gone away for two years and have now suddenly come back so she herself is also a different person so i feel like that is an interesting way to show passage of time not Mm -hmm. just in attire but like just the way she presents herself i don't know why they didn't make the ladies have the same hair color in wicker park because it makes sense in the apartment that um that max can be confused between them because they both have long brown hair Mm -hmm. with similar body types and things like that whereas in this you've got lisa who's got curly light brown blondish hair and then you've got uh alex who you know rose Byrne and diane kruger look nothing alike nothing yeah uh so i don't know why they couldn't have made either diane kruger have darker hair or lighten rose Byrne's hair yeah i don't know why they chose to go that route i think it was interesting because even josh hartnett or his character uh, matt in the movie is like you guys look nothing alike i don't know why i thought you guys (laughs) were the same person so it's it's kind of funny that they would even point that out themselves. Maybe they're just like, oh, we wanted these two cast members. Like, yeah. we wanted to hire them, so we're going to have to explain why they don't look as alike. Which is odd, because 2004, Rose Byrne and Diane Kruger, neither of them were, Not like, superstars yeah. that they couldn't have, you know, dyed one of their hair colors and be like, oh, I would have never recognized <laughs> Diane Kruger with brown hair. Oh, <laughs> she's so different. That sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting choice. Not sure why it was made, but, I mean... It still worked, I guess. Yeah. Well, there you go. These are the similarities and differences of telling the story of The Apartment and Wicker Park. Uh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram. That is at ContraZoomPod. You can subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to your podcast. We are everywhere. Just make sure you're searching ContraZoomPod. Send me an email. ContraZoomPod at gmail.com. Have you seen either of these movies? Do you like the differences? How does it compare with Midsummer Night's Dream if you're that familiar with the Shakespeare play? Shakespeare, as they say in Wicker Park, oh, I know, which is a very funny thing. Uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Make the Movie.